0: Hello, everyone. Logan Emmett Hurley, he joined today by Tyler Zolzinski, one of our trainers at our. Gosh, where are you now, Tyler? Northeast St. Louis Park. You've been all over the place.
1: Is I'm it St. At St. Louis, Louis Park these now. days.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So Tyler is an ACSM exercise physiologist with Discover Strength. Been here closing in on gotta be two years now. And we're just so excited to have him on the podcast today to talk about a few really important issues that I think a lot of our clients are going to be interested in. Tyler, two really important ones today. We're going to be talking about resistance training effects on bone health and then resistance training effects on cardiovascular health. I'd love you to just say hello to the audience, maybe tell them a little bit about your exercise background, and then we'll just jump right into it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Logan, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Um, I'm really excited to talk about these topics. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a personal trainer with Discover Strength. I've been training here for over a year and a half, closing in, as you said, on two years. Um, I graduated from the university of Minnesota, um, with a degree in kinesiology, um, back in 2019 and, uh, pretty much jumped right into discover strength afterwards. And, uh, it's been a great, great, crazy year and a half for sure, but, um, it's been a lot of fun. So yeah, I'm super excited to be on here.
0: Awesome. Well, let's just just get right into it today, Ty. So, yeah. uh, the first thing I really want to talk about with you today is just this idea of bone health, right? So, when we talk about increasing bone mineral density, when we talk about reversing or at least stopping osteoporosis, osteoarthritis, this is something that of a lot of our clients when they come in. And now the stigma is obviously older, frail women, but this affects men as well. Um, we tend to see it a lot with cyclists, like cyclists mm-hmm. who have been competing. Eating or riding for decades at a time, they tend to see decreases in bone mineral density over the course of time. What are some of the things you talk about with clients when they come in to see you initially and they say, Hey, Ty, I'm really worried. My doctor told me I'm super frail and I shouldn't be doing anything with heavy weights. Why don't you give us some of the, the key talking points, things you would educate that new client about?
1: Right. The biggest thing I would talk about would be, um, you know, the you want to put load on your muscle and load on your body. And by doing so, um, your body is going to need that bone structural, um, bone structure to, you know, take on that load. Um, that's, what's really physiologically happening. Um, not only are you strengthening the muscle, but you're strengthening the, the bone in that area that you're, that you're working out
0: yeah yeah such a great point and it, it's so interesting you know a lot of times strength training and we've seen this over and over again in the research can really slow down and reverse bone loss so I'm thinking of a of a client that I have as well at our Woodbury location that's come in and she was told these exact things that we hear so much from clients who come in the door which is you need to avoid heavy weights you need to you know basically just lock yourself up in a room and not do anything because you might blow away in the wind or break and we know that that's not the case right Right. there's a lot of benefits to be gained in strength training specifically using heavier loads and i think that's really a little counterintuitive to some people when they first start off but like you said we need that heavier weight Mm -hmm. the load on the bone is the driver of those improvements in bone mineral density like that's where you're going to see those improvements over the long term can you talk to us a little bit about um just what are some of the prescriptions, some of the things that older adults typically get told to do and why maybe some of those things might not be the best ideas for somebody who's already suffering from from maybe the beginning or the onset of osteoarthritis or osteoporosis?
1: So what we see a lot of people do um, is they get recommended to do pool classes or water aerobics classes exclusively as they age. Um, and the... Th- the I think the initial thought that people have is, oh, you know, you can you're you're use moving through the resistance of water. It's like moving your with a load on your weight, uh load on your body. Um, but really what's happening is load is being taken off the bones um and taken off your skeletal system. If you think of it this way as if, you know, if you think of astronauts out in space, right, they actually atrophy quite a bit when they're out in space and they their bone, uh, bone mineral, mineral density goes down as well. Now, astronauts do their training in pools as well um, because that's weightlessness as well. Um, and so it's counterintuitive for our older populations to do that style of training in a pool when they're doing these water robotics classes. So instead um, they should be lifting weights to up their bone mineral density or at least slow down the reduction of, um, bone mineral density. Um, and you know, even using a heavier weight is safe with how, as you know, how slow we move through the range of motion. That's the thing that people get kind of hung up about is we're not balancing through our range of motion. We're, we're saying keeping it slow. So the joints are still safe. Um, and your, your body's going to be able to maintain that weight.
0: Yeah. And, and it just goes into how pervasive a lot of uh, of these recommendations are. And they've just been given to our parents and our grandparents for, you know, decades on end without a lot of scientific base to them. Uh, and it makes me think of a recent episode we did not too long ago with Dr. Sarah Oikawa, which if anybody's not listened to that one about step reduction, um, please check it out. Phenomenal episode. And it it just goes again into this idea that There's this stigma that if people have a certain condition, we need to baby them, we need to treat them with with kid gloves. And it's just not the case. These are the people that really need this intervention the most. So when you've got, for instance, a back injury, or when you've come out of of a major surgery, the worst thing you can do is staying active, right? It's going to just add and compound on the things that are already going on that are negative in your body. And the same way with osteoporosis, with bone loss, when you're trying to increase bone mineral density, you need to be proactive about it, right? And like you said, the astronauts are the perfect example. They see significant, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but significant decreases in 30-year-old men and women who go up for six months at a time. They're coming back down. They've got the bones of a 70 and 80-year-old, right? Right. So when we've got the opportunity to really be proactive with these things, I think it's just so important um, to really take that initiative. So one of the studies I wanted to talk about that I looked at uh, before we sat down today, Tyler, was one out of uh, the medicine and science and sports exercise. This is from back in 1999, but it appeared in this study that they looked at that you can actually, you know, we always talk about spot reduction at Discover Strength and how that's not really something that's possible, but it seems like with bone mineral density, with increases in, in bone mass, there actually is that application in the sense of, whatever you train with heavier loads is actually going to see the benefits of those things. So what are some strategies that people could do to maybe drive some additional bone mineral density um, in a safe manner?
1: Right. Um, So one thing that this study talked about was using multi-joint exercises. So something like a leg press or a chest press or a pull down, those are using multiple joints that are Um, you know, you're, you're distributing that weight over, um, a larger amount of muscles, a larger amount of the body. Um, and that's going to help keep it safe. And again, just using the slow speed of movement is also going to keep it safe. Um, and you know, as we know, using multi-joint exercises and also an an efficient way to strength train as well. So, um, by using multi-joint exercises, you're able to handle more weight. You're able to work out efficiently. And just overall keep safe while you strength yeah. training.
0: A hundred percent. And it, again, it just flows in so well to what we just naturally do at Discover Strength. You know, I, I know you've heard Luke, our CEO, share this anecdote before, but you know, the company's been around for 15 years now, and and Luke's just a a lover of all things strength training. But he he jokes about how lucky he is that he happened to pick this style of strength training, right? Like what we do at Discover Strength, because without saying that it's a cure-all, there's there's just so many applications to this slow, efficient, whole body type of exercise that we do, and it's just so applicable to so many different real world problems that people have. So even in the older populations, right, uh, sometimes maybe even strength training the way we do at Discover Strength won't actually mitigate your bone loss, but what we've seen and what the studies show is that, or I'm sorry, won't actually reverse your bone loss, but what it can do is mitigate and attenuate some of that bone loss. And of course, you're getting the added benefit of adding significant amounts of strength, which we know you can do it pretty much any age, right? So right. even if you're not reversing those side effects of, of osteoporosis of osteoarthritis, you can still live a better, more fulfilling life because you're going to be stronger. You can do those activities of daily living, right? So, um, for all of our clients that are, are maybe struggling, um, with some, some bone mineral density issues, what would be kind of your, your parting words for them of things they should really start to apply? Think about when they're strength training at discover strength.
1: So I think, when it comes to strength training with us, I think um, you want to you want to push yourself. I think it comes down to intensity. Whether you're you know just getting started in in your teen years or if you're in your seventies, I think we can all push ourselves and and really always look to improve in the amount of reps that you do or the amount of weight that you're doing. Always getting those new adaptations on the body because that's how you strength train uh, and that's how you want to um, get those new improvements in your body. Um, and basically, I mean, uh, I just wanted to give an example on this cause this is, this is kind of like what went into my head talking about bone health and especially activity activities of daily living. We just had a client start out with us in St. Louis park. She's 73 or 74. Now she just had her birthday. Um, I was working with her daughter who's been a long-term client with us. And she was just mentioning how her mom is now showing off to her grandkids how she can get up and out, out of a chair without using her hands at all. Um, just over the past two months of training with us. So, um, you know, she's been working hard in her workouts. She's been improving in her reps and she's already seen those, um, you know, results, um, that she's looking for to achieve, um, in this short, short period of time. So it can happen yeah. just as quickly as that
0: such an important point and and this is really a message to to our clients and our listeners that that tend to be a little bit older anyways, right? Probably that 50 and up age range, just because most of us, if we're not astronauts, right, we're, we don't really have to worry about osteoporosis um, setting in usually before our, our later decades. So for those people that are looking to not only fight against this, but also, like you said, um, and it's such a beautiful point, I've had so many anecdotes and stories like that myself of grandparents who are just like, I can hang out with my grandkids again. I can pick them up. I can do all the things that I want to do. They don't care about six-pack abs. They don't care about how much weight is on their chest press. And that's really an important point here is just show up, do the work. Like you said, work with a high level of intensity or as high as you're capable of at the time. And you're going to see tremendous improvements in just your quality of life, which I think flows perfectly into this next point here that I just want to talk to you a little bit about, Tyler, is just resistance training and uh, its effects on our cardiovascular health. Thanks, everyone, for listening so far to this week's episode of the Discover Strength podcast with exercise physiologist Tyler Zolzinski. Before we dive into the impacts of strength training on cardiovascular health, I'd like to take just a moment to hear from our president and CEO of Discover Strength, Luke Carlson, who's going to talk to you about opportunities as a client to potentially be a future owner of a Discover Strength franchise. We'll be back to this episode shortly.
1: At Discover Strength, we believe you should be able to build the career you want while doing work that changes lives. Imagine owning a distinguished fitness business backed by a market-tested business
0: model where efficient 30-minute workouts are provided to your clients by expert,
1: educated, personal trainers. Imagine building a thriving business while doing work that you love with people you love. If this speaks to you, you should speak to us. Schedule a call to complete your pre-qualification screening so you can start falling back in love with your work.
0: If the opportunity to own a franchise speaks to you, please visit www.discoverstrengthfranchise.com. We'd love to have you as the next member of our franchising community. And now back to this week's episode. Thanks everyone. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about maybe some of the, the misconceptions that people have when it comes to um, just misconstruing the word cardio with cardiovascular health and how that maybe plays itself out when people first come to discover strength, what they think they need to do, and then what the research actually points to is a more effective way of, of improving cardiovascular markers overall.
1: Right. So that's a, that's a great point. Um, so when I do an intro workout with, I've done plenty of intro workouts where someone will come in they're they do their strength training workout. Then they're like, okay, what else can I do now? What else should I be doing? Um, how can I, you know, should I be running a mile every day or something like that? So, um, really the research has shown that you don't need to go running and running and running. You don't need to um, go cycling. If you're resistance training, this resistance, um, you get a lot of great benefits with your cardio health while resistance training. So when, um, when I do an introductory workout for someone and they're like, really, that's all, you, that's all I need to do. Um, I would say, you know, you know, some, most of them are wearing like a, an Apple watch or something. I'd be like, look at your heart rate right now. It's been elevated above your resting level for over, you know, 30 minutes now. Um, because you've been working hard over these past 30 minutes. Um, that's not a normal you know, heart rate. It's not your resting heart rate. You're above that resting level. So you're getting cardiovascular benefits without having to go on a super long run and, and possibly do something that might be detrimental to another part of your body.
0: So, you know, such a great point, Tyler. And, and again, I think it's so important and so pervasive when people think of cardio, they're thinking of two separate things, right? Cardio, the act is actually aerobics, right? As popularized by Dr. Kenneth Cooper in the 1960s and 70s. That's that steady state form of exercise, which now we see those recommendations, 150 minutes of a week, you know, staying in that moderate uh, heart rate zone, that's all well and good. And there's tremendous amounts of research on the positive physiological adaptations of cardio exercise. We're talking about strength training and the improvements it can have on your cardiovascular, your heart health, right? So what are some of the things that strength training has been shown to do um, when it comes to actually improving your cardiovascular function, your cardiovascular health?
1: Right. So what we can do with resistance training is we can improve our overall function Um, of the heart. Um, we can reduce the risk of disease as well, whether it's the risk of heart attacks or other, other diseases that come up, um, around cardio health. Um, we also by resistance training and by increasing the overall blood flow to our muscles, we increase the pliability of our blood vessels, blood vessels. So that's their ability to expand and contract. Um, another thing that we just talked about in a, in a recent, um, recent study that we went over a couple of weeks ago was, um, it's effect on your resting blood pressure, blood pressure. So, um, you know, there are many people that would come in with hypertension who have an, a high level of blood pressure. And we saw in that study, I can't remember the timeline. I believe it was 40 something weeks or I Uh, I think it was
0: significantly shorter than that, I think, over the intervention in the hospital. So uh, what Tyler's referencing is a study from Paulo Gentile in Brazil, where they actually had an intervention, which is really unheard of in a hospital, in a hypertensive unit, essentially. So they took somewhere from eight to 12 participants um, who were all on blood pressure medication, some of them on blood thinners, uh, a bunch of other medications. These people had been um, chronically hypertensive and they put them through a really minimally effective dose of strength training. I believe it was four four exercises, two pushes, two pulls, upper and lower body. And over the course of this three to let's call it three to six weeks, I'm going to link to the study in the actual uh, podcast here. So you guys can check it out for yourself. But over the course of this study, uh, talk to us a little bit about the outcomes, Tyler. I mean, what were some of the the results that these people saw?
1: Right. So they, um, they saw an overall reduction to blood pressure down to, I think they were normal levels um, in the 120 over 80 levels. Um and these are people who have been dealing with chronic hypertension. Um and a significant amount of the participants actually reduced their blood um blood pressure medication. So um they did not need to rely so much on the pharmaceutical pharmaceutical aspect of it um while they were strength training here.
0: Yeah. So really short intervention and just tremendous results, right? So um there was another study and you and I had talked about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. beforehand, Tyler, again from the Medicine and Science and Sports Exercise Journal. Um, but this study looked at it was a longitudinal study that collected data from over thirteen thousand adults in an aerobic center and they examined three outcomes. So cardiovascular events such as heart attacks, non-fatal stroke, and then all cardiovascular events, including deaths or any type of death. And what they found, and again, we've seen this played out in the research. I'm going to link to this study as well as another phenomenal uh, research paper by Dr. Wayne Westcott, who's also been a, a featured guest on our podcast um, called "Exercise is Medicine. When we look at the outcomes here, everything that was associated with resistance training caused decreases in all cause mortality. So we're looking at about 40 to 70% decrease in all cause mortality when people did any sort of strength training. Now that same decrease in risk was not associated with aerobic exercise. And they make a point of saying aerobic exercise and aerobic guidelines in this paper and not saying Cardio exercise, right? So that's where people really get confused. That's where things get a little uh, gray area for a lot of our clients that come in. They assume, again, cardio equals cardio health. Well, what this paper showed and what we've seen time and time again is the number one mitigating factor for all cause mortality, for decreases in cardiovascular risk, is going to be resistance training. Now, it didn't really matter the type and the amount that they were doing, it was anywhere from about five minutes to an hour a week maybe twice a week for 30 minutes with a evidence-based exercise physiologist, right? Something sounds similar to that. Um, So whatever you're doing, just making sure that we're prioritizing our resistance training. And it's probably linked as well to just decreasing cardiovascular risk by decreasing body mass index, right? If you're strength training on a regular basis, you're increasing your muscle mass, which is going to increase your resting metabolic rate, which is going to lower your overall obesity in a lot of people or your uh, increased fat mass. And we know obesity is the number one marker um, for increased cardiovascular risk, right? So all these things just fit so perfectly together. And it's just so important that when our clients come in and they're talking about they want to improve their cardiovascular health, maybe they've had a stroke in the past. Maybe they've got a, a, a history of heart attack or cardiac events in their family we really want to focus on what are the things we can control in our environment that are going to put you in the best position in the long term to stay as safe and healthy as possible. Well, first and foremost, we want to focus on heavy resistance training, right? And heavy for every person, obviously going to be a little bit different. Um, But how have you talked to some clients really kind of um, soothe their fears, I guess, maybe when they come in, whether it's someone who's had a stroke, who's worried about blood pressure, what kinds of things are you telling them? We've already touched on a bunch of them. Um, But just talk to our clients who maybe haven't trained with Discover Strength yet. What would you say on their intro to to really try to soothe them to to make them want to try out a Discover Strength workout?
1: So the research is clear, basically. Um, And that's what I tell them is that, you know, what resistance training does is it benefits us in so many ways, especially when it comes to cardiovascular health. Um, and for all the reasons that we, we talked about, um, I don't really need to go over those again, but, um, you know, if they are hesitant about it, if they're hesitant about using a heavy weight or going at a high intensity, um, again, we're more than happy to cater that intensity to you, to that specific person. Um, because we want them to find the success at the pace that they want to go at. Um, again, it just comes down to a person's preference. We'll push you to the level that you want to be at, um, because we know that you can get there, um, or even slightly above too. Um, But um, again, just it comes down to that intensity, as we talked about before, and we want to cater that intensity to you and go to that, um, go at that specific pace that you want to go at to help you get where you want to be.
0: Yeah, so great points again, Tyler. And thank you so much for joining me today. Just to recap all these points, guys, when it comes to bone health, when it comes to improving bone mineral density, fighting osteoporosis, we want to use heavy weights, we want to make sure that we're focusing on those big multi joint movements that we're getting as much tension on the muscles and the bones as possible to see those increases over time. Um, And really avoid not doing anything, right? Don't Feel like because you're uh, you've got these conditions that you're unsafe to train. That is not the case at all. And like Tyler said, we can cater the exercise to you, whatever your needs happen to be at the time. And then when it comes to cardiovascular health, if you've got high blood pressure, if you have a family history of heart disease, do the things that can help you mitigate and attenuate those risks over the long-term, which is strength training. And again, we can meet you wherever you're at, such an important point there, Ty, because you and I, we both get pretty jacked up about the intensity, we want it to be higher every time, but the truth is, and the research is pretty clear, as long as you're training as hard as you can, on that day, and and I think you could you could uh, kind of second this. We've seen it over and over again. People who come in that maybe have a lower level of intensity when they start off pretty soon they're asking us to ramp it up, right? As they get stronger, they're feeling better. They want to see how far they can be pushed. And that's just such a rewarding experience for us. And obviously it's rewarding for them because they're going to see those benefits in the long term. So thank you again for joining me today, Tyler. I appreciate it. Everyone, thank you for listening. We look forward to sharing more uh, trainer tips with you guys. And uh, we hope that you like and subscribe and look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks, Ty. Thanks. Thank you all so much for joining us today. We hope you continue to tune in to catch up on the most important information in the field of evidence-based exercise. If you love the Discover Strength podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Please feel free to reach out to me at logan at discoverstrength.com for comments or guest ideas. Please also like and subscribe on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Help us spread the word of smart, efficient training, and we'll continue to help you look and feel your best in a fraction of the time.